Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstLibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith-friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. My name is Ben Burnett. I am grateful for absolutely all of you. You can follow me on Instagram at the Ben Burnett Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. Next week, I actually have longtime radio fixture Steve Rickman, Southside Steve. I love to listen to how people create their identity. I love to listen to the breaks that people get along the way. It's not always politics, but look, as Southside Steve's gained some autonomy, he's certainly more outspoken about how he feels about certain issues, doesn't shy away from any political talk and things of that nature in 2024. I welcome it. I welcome absolutely all of you. I do not care how you feel about absolutely anything. I think you have the right to say it. I think if you have the independence from your employer, you owe the American people to talk about how you feel. And that's one of the great luxuries that I have sitting here with you weekends on Extra 106.3. So Donald Trump has been in hot water for a long time with what he considers and candidly what I consider to be political witch hunts. And they are starting to get rolling. And we've talked about Fannie Willis. We've talked about all our dealings with her hiring of prosecutor Nathan Wade, who previously really just done small legal matters, DUIs, things of that nature. Somehow Fulton County thought he was the right man to sit there and prosecute a president. Good luck. At this point, if I was Donald Trump, I'd want to stay in trial in Fulton County. And, you know, I sat as an elected official on the Alpharetta City Council for four years. Fulton County has about as much business prosecuting President Donald Trump as they do finding water lines and sewer lines or assessing your property taxes. They can't do any of those things well. We'll get to property taxes taxes in the assessments a little bit later in the show. But Kevin O'Leary, a lot of you guys know him as the investor from Shark Tank. And he called this week, he said, Donald Trump has really not done anything that any other real estate investor does when they're looking for how they want to move forward, how they're going to finance assets, how they work with their banking relationships. And Donald Trump was dealt a blow. And it is clearly of all the 90 some odd cases, I always thought that this was the most political. Look, I'm not somebody who'd be willing to sit on a jury and convict President Trump for his quote unquote interference with the election in Fulton County knowing what went on at State Farm Arena. And look, I think the part of the thing that gives me credibility is that I've told you for a long time, I'm not a Donald Trump apologist. And I think that when people who are not Donald Trump apologists out of the conservative party, out of the Republican party, come to his defense, it should tell you something. I like balls and strikes. I call them like I see them. And at this point, I know I'm resigned to the fact that he is going to be our party's nominee in 2024. 
that's the game that we're going to play. I think long-term it is probably a mistake, but I'm more than willing to make it collectively as a part of the team, and that's just where we're going to wind up four years or eight years, and we are looking for an identity as a party. I told you so. But I like Kevin O'Leary because he's also somebody who looks at things completely objectively. He invests in real estate, which means he has spent a lot of his life looking at assets, which means he's spent a lot of his life looking at an Excel spreadsheet on how he's going to make certain things work. And he's invested a lot of time and a lot of money in New York over his real estate career. And he says, no longer. New York is a loser and vows never to invest in real estate again after the $355 million civil, not criminal, civil verdict against President Trump, which he is no doubt going to appeal. I want to say a couple of things about real estate. I think all of us in some way, if you strip it back, even if you're on the left, I want you to hear me out. How many of you have ever bought a house or refinanced a house and had the opportunity to share what you hoped the valuation would be of your said real estate. I've done it. I know a lot of you have done it. Somehow, no one is even looking at me criminally. And by the way, I'm a long way removed from that. If I wanted to refinance my house in 2024 after the previous decade, it's worth a hell of a lot more than I bought it for. Probably four or five times what I actually paid for it back in 2011. But that doesn't make me any different than it makes Donald Trump. And the other thing that I want you to think about is that value in everything, whether it's your familial relationships, your family, whether it's your business dealings, value is in the eye of the beholder. I don't think Donald Trump did anything that anyone else wasn't doing. This is the first time somebody has been prosecuted civilly over the inflation of real estate assets, and the man happened to be a former president. The first time in the state of New York's history that anyone had ever brought forward a charge or a grievance against the man. That tells me one thing. This is not like, I think Donald Trump has problems with several of the other lawsuits. I do. I think that although I would not sit there and choose to convict the man over the stealing or possession of classified documents after he left office, I don't think President Trump is alone. I've had Mike Pence say on the show, that he called the FBI the second he caught wind of anything, went and looked at some of the documents that he may have had from his time in Congress or the, his time as the vice president of the United States, and he called him and he self-reported. And guess what? Nobody prosecuted him. But that's one of the things that you either did or didn't do. And I think that's the case of all 92 counts that is ultimately going to give Donald Trump a lot of trouble because I think he knows He took those documents. At this point, I think we all do. Nobody is above the law, so I'm going to get that out of the way. But we don't necessarily enforce all the laws that we have on the books in 2024 and in America. I am relatively certain that every single day, at some point, there is some law of no consequence that I violate. And I'm almost never, in fact, never prosecuted over any of those said grievances. What makes that man different? I'll tell you. He is on the ballot as the Republican nominee in 2024, and it starts and it ends there. And for the Democrats to choose to come after us as an American people, as a collective body, and decide that when people are going to seek elected office at the highest office of the land, and that is the crime that they commit, I am not fine with that. 
In the same way, I had a good conversation with a reporter that I used to know when I sat in elected office, whose name's Pat Fox. He runs, he's the executive editor-in-chief, whatever you want to call it, at Appen Media this week. And I told him I was going to talk about this, and he kind of asked me what my thought process was. And he said, Ben, I wasn't fine when the Republicans in Congress chose to use impeachment over Bill Clinton. And it got to a place where I was actually tired of the word vomit that had to come out of his mouth in order to keep him from getting convicted. But that was in his mind, Pat Fox, the longtime editor at Appen Media, in his mind, that was when things in this country totally and fundamentally changed. And we've seen impeachment charge after impeachment charge after impeachment charge, essentially since President Clinton. And I am so sick and tired of it. In the same way, I do think that there are certain points in time when your elected officials deserve to be impeached and convicted. And I think you do too. What Richard Nixon did in the 70s with respect to Watergate was uncalled for. And it also, by the way, wasn't necessary. And Republicans and Democrats, even Barry Goldwater himself, wasn't fine with what happened. And he, saw, he, and he told President Nixon that. And what happened some hours later after the report leaked and it was going to be proven that it was factually accurate, that they were actually trying to steal collective intelligence from the Democrats. The man resigned the highest office in the land. So I'm not going to say that the bar and the barrier for removal from office or removal from a ballot is never, because there are points in American history where it absolutely should have happened. This is not that case. When you look at President Trump, you have taken about one of the most unsympathetic figures in the history of American politics And you have made him sympathetic to people like me. And that says a lot about all of us. I am not the guy in 2016, I voted for Donald Trump in a primary. I will raise my hand and tell you now. It was Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, a handful of others, Rick Perry, Jeb Bush, all, there were any number of people. And I voted for President Trump and I voted for him because he wasn't a member of the collective swamp that he always talked about. And all this is doing is pitting one side against the other, and it's the worst thing that we could ever consider on behalf of American politics. This is how really good things come undone. I don't want to see Donald Trump get convicted. I don't want to see Donald Trump in the White House. I would love to see Marco Rubio, Ron DeSantis, Rick Scott, Nikki Haley. You can pick any of them. I would love to see them in position to be president in 2024, but that's not what's going to happen. This is the game that we are signing up to collectively play, and we have to treat each other with the dignity and respect that we should all have as collective Americans. If you're going to get in a conflict overseas, say it's something that involves NATO, say it's something that involves Taiwan, either of those situations or something we don't even know about, It's going to be Republican children and Democrat children alike who go to deal with those issues. And that is the best part about who we are as Americans. What is happening now at the helm of the Democrats is truly unpatriotic. I think continuing to pursue an avenue to keep one single individual off the ballot because they don't like him, 
is wrong. The political class on the left from the four corners of the country are coming after Donald Trump with both barrels for one reason. He seeks a third nomination on behalf of the Republican Party in order to be president of the free world. I will always, no matter what, respect the office of the presidency. And I think our elected officials, especially those departments that resemble the United States Department of Justice or your local district attorney's office, have to have the same fundamental sets of beliefs. I am fine with fighting about issues until we are blue in the face. But I am not fine with locking anybody up in prison based on how we feel. You can catch the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take where I take an issue of the week. I break it down for you. We talk about all sorts of interesting things like what is the filibuster? What is the Department of Justice? It's a history lesson. It's a social studies lesson from yesteryear. This is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's only conservative talk station. We will be right back. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. You can follow me on Instagram at the Ben Burnett Show. You can follow the station at Extra 106.3 on either of those platforms. That's XTRA. The final thing I want to get to, sometimes when you have a long career in something, anything, you forget who you are. When you look back at a career like Tucker Carlson has had, He's written for numerous publications. He got his start on television with MSNBC opposite Rachel Maddow. He was at one point on CNN, on Crossfire, may have gotten those out of order. He was on Fox News for a long time. What people forget about Tucker Carlson is that he is an entertainer. At one point, I believe the man to be an authentic journalist. I think as he has launched the Tucker Carlson Network, he seeks to go back to his foundational roots in journalism. But he spent a long time as an entertainer. One of the reasons, one of the real absolute core reasons that Fox had to settle their defamation lawsuit in Delaware last year was because of the testimony that Tucker Carlson had given under oath as a part of that deposition. He knew that the 2020 riots on Capitol Hill were somewhat under false pretenses. And he knew that going after Dominion voting systems was a little bit disingenuous. Fox had no choice but to settle that lawsuit. They would have had absolutely no credibility left, and Fox News also wanted to do two things. They wanted to pivot back towards somewhat mainstream television, and they wanted to shed payroll. 
It was an opportunity where they could get rid of Tucker Carlson, and they knew that there was really very little that he could do. I'm sure he got paid to go away. And I was one of the guys who was tr- really, truly happy for him. Because I think, look, once you've made 35 or $40 million a year for a dozen years, does it really make a difference when you get another check for $40 million bucks? No, it doesn't. You've got life-changing money. Ask Clay Travis. His children's children's children will have life-changing money. But you lose some of the authenticity along the way. Tucker Carlson had to maintain status quo when he was on Fox News. He had higher ratings than Sean Hannity in that 9 o'clock slot. He did. Tucker Carlson is a core foundational component of the Trump machine. And I'm not saying that Fox wants to move towards or away from Donald Trump. I'm not having that conversation. But when you get the responsibility amongst the fan base, you have certain things that you have to do. U2 goes on stage every night, and they have to play all the hits from the Joshua Tree. It's not like they get to go out on stage on their worldwide tour and just play whatever 25 songs they feel like doing. They have an obligation to the people who pay good money, and you have to give the people what they want. So I've told you, I have a lot of respect for Tucker Carlson. I think the Daily Caller was great. It's given a ton of people like Caitlin Collins, her star. It is a very reputable organization. And I think that what Tucker Carlson has the opportunity to do now with the Tucker Carlson subscription-based network is also interesting because it's essentially you get to cast the journalism and talk about the stories that you want to. He's got the brand-new prime minister or president from Argentina. He's gone in the last week or two to Russia to go talk to Vladimir Putin. But I want to stop here for a second. I don't trust Vladimir Putin any further than I can throw him. And I don't think any of you do either. And look, I think there are plenty of people. Do you fund the war in Ukraine? Do you not fund the war in Ukraine? I think those are conversations bound in efficacy here in the United States of America. And we should talk about our global role in the world. None of those people on either side of that argument go to bed at night and think, you know what? Vladimir Putin is really just laying it down. He is doing the right thing for his people. He is the beacon of freedom. So I'm not going to cast dispersions upon Tucker Carlson for having him, but Tucker Carlson definitely put his charlatan hat on that said, we're the first Western journalist outlet that Vladimir Putin has wanted to do an interview with in four years. Give me a freaking break. I have read Clarissa Ward's autobiography. She is now the chief international correspondent for CNN. She's probably early 40s. She's brilliant. She went to Yale. I Look, she's left-leaning, so take that off the table. Clarissa Ward can speak like five languages. She can speak Russian. She can speak Arabic. She can speak, speak French. She can speak Farsi. Like, you can't hide from this girl. And by the way, she's half, Ameri- she's half American, so she speaks English. You can't hide from her. In, pound for pound, in my opinion, I, yes, I've already said she's left-leaning. That girl knows more about the world than anybody else. She sat down across the table from Bashar al-Assad, prime minister, president of Syria. She scares the hell out of him. That's who I want across the table. When Tucker Carlson went to Moscow over the course of the last week, I I thought he had a real opportunity, and I think at certain points he really did a great job on behalf of journalists. You could see the journalism bone in his body when he asked about Evan Gershowitz, Wall Street Journal reporter that they've had detained for nearly a year. He said, well, why don't you just put him on a plane and send him home with me? Like, that's the part, that's the pure as the driven snow journalism part of Tucker Carlson. The guy was literally in Moscow as a bureau chief for the Wall Street Journal, and, and the Russians locked him up and said he was a spy. Didn't approve of everything he was writing about, and Tucker said, hey, let me take him home. I Look, I, Tucker has no idea who that dude, one, is, and two, what he believes about anything. But I will give him credit for asking that question. But I think it was a real mistake for Tucker Carlson to not sit there and ask the man tougher questions. 
Vladimir Putin, he didn't once, he sat down with him for over an hour, and he didn't ask him once about trying to poison Alexei Navalny, who once challenged him for president and then has subsequently locked him in jail. Didn't ask him about that at all. You want to talk about the proud history and tradition of the Russian government? That's fine. I'm smart enough. I've been through Western civilization classes. I can see through it. But I think that Tucker Carlson kind of let us down a little bit. And look, he's not in favor of funding the war in Ukraine, and, and he's not asking you to support that or not support that. But I think giving Vladimir Putin the most friendly interview that you could have as the one journalist, and look, they took it because they knew it was going to be the closest thing to down the middle that they could get. Only it really wasn't. Why would you not ask him about poisoning his opponents? Why would you not ask him about his overall ambitions? Look, if you want to say that NATO has sat there and put their finger in the eye of the Russian people and the Russian government over the course of the last five years, I am not going to be the person who disagrees with you. I don't want Ukraine in NATO. I really didn't want Finland and Sweden in NATO. I really don't want half the countries in NATO that we have today because I don't want to send my kids to go fight the evil empire for something that most of us fundamentally disagree with. Half the countries in it have no use to my life or our country at all. And I think that Putin is well-founded to say I really firmly disagree in a wholesale way with the fact that the Americans or the West are going to sit there and continue to poke their finger in our eye and expect there not to be any consequences. Only the guy was always going to invade the Ukraine. He's had this thing. The thing about American politics is that we operate in two-year cycles and sometimes four-year cycles. President Clinton, Boris Yeltsin, the Prime Minister of the UK, Tony Blair, and somebody else all had an agreement that the Ukrainians would lay down their nuclear weapons some 25 years ago, and they did. And all the countries at the table swore to protect the Ukraine, should they ever be invaded or have some sort of conflict? Well, none of that actually happened. So none of us were trustworthy actors. In fact, one of the countries, Russia, literally invaded the country that they signed a treaty and said that they wanted to protect. You can't trust people forever. Like, this is the thing that America's got to get past. We can't we can't operate in a world where we have really, really long-term founded relationships outside of just a handful of countries. Great Britain, the United States, Canada, Australia, France. It's a mess. I think you see the Senate trying to fund the war in Ukraine. You know, I don't even know how I feel about any of that stuff anymore. But I can tell you this. You ought to trust your sources in journalism, and you ought to get to a place where you really authentically have conversations with yourself about who people are, like Tucker Carlson, and what is his ultimate agenda? Because he's been relatively supportive of Vladimir Putin for a little while now, and I have a lot of concerns about that. You can catch the Ben Burnett Show on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's only conservative talk station. We will see you guys next week. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. 
You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.